employing differences, a conversation about exploring the collaborative space between individuals. I'm Paul Tevis. And I'm Karen Gibney. Each episode, we start with a question and we see where it takes us. This week's question is, are there feedback training wheels? So if you have followed the, the show at all, you have heard us talk about feedback and how important it is to give feedback and how to give feedback and you know ways to do that well and all of those things. And, and these are all things that I talk to my clients about, but a question that I keep getting back is, but how do we start? Like you're telling us this is really vulnerable. You're telling us it's really important and we believe you. But also if we do it badly or if we do it, you know, it could make a really big mess. So if we want to get better at this, how do we start? What's the, what's the shallow end of this pool? And so that's what we're wanting to explore today. And, and I will just mention, you know, there are other episodes to go looking for that will talk more about how to do it and how to do it well. But, but this one's about how do we begin, it, either as individuals or as a group, if we don't know how to do it well, we just know that we ought to be doing it and we're not. Mm -hmm. One of the things that I recommend for anything that we're trying to do for the first time, or we're really trying to get better at, uh, is to actually create a space for explicit practice. Like to say, this is a space where we are practicing this thing. We know we are not good at it. We do not expect to be good at it. We expect to make mistakes. And it's funny how just setting that expectation in that space does so much. Um, you need to do more than just that. You need to then back that up. But I think one of the things that's useful, um, and feedback is no exception around this, is acknowledging that we are wanting to get better at it and making an explicit practice space about it. Uh, and so that can be a, hey, we're just gonna build into our normal ways of working that, you know, we're gonna spend five minutes, you know, in a, in a, in a group meeting every day, someone's gonna practice giving feedback uh, to somebody else and the rest of us are gonna are gonna watch right and then we can you know notice what we observe we can talk about it we can debrief it right and um, and it will feel super artificial at first because it is and then also as you start to do it a few times it'll start to get realer and realer so I think um, creating a space for explicit practice is is a way to get better at anything. And particularly if you're doing it as a group, right? If you're all saying, hey, the 12 of us have decided we all really need to get better at giving feedback, then, then that explicit practice also creates accountability around doing it. Hey, we're gonna, we're, it doesn't have to be big and heavyweight, but we're now also holding each other accountable for actually, pra actually practicing the skill that we're gonna do. And, and I think as a, a part of that explicit practice is doing the debrief on it to say, how was that? As the person receiving the feedback, how was that? What was that like for you? Not did I do a good job, but what was the impact of that on you? What did you notice in you as I was giving you that feedback? Um, because then that, because that's really the piece that we need to start to become aware of. Like, is we need to start to become aware of 
what is the impact of the way that we're trying to give feedback having on other people? What can we do differently that has a better impact? And so we need to get curious about the impact. Um, and so that's, I think, a, a, a very clear thing that we can do to explicitly put training wheels on, right? Mm -hmm. We recognize that this is not the live thing and our nervous systems will calm down a lot when we're in that space and allow us to actually practice the thing that we want to get better at. Mm -hmm. I 100% practice and, and naming that we're practicing, giving ourselves permission to do it badly. Um, and then I think within that practice, um, when I was teaching my kids to ride bikes, I didn't put the training wheels on and then send them down the steepest hill I could find. In, in, in one case, one of my children sent himself down the steepest hill he could find. And I only remembered late, later that there was a big speed bump at the bottom of it. <laughs> and that little exciting moment. But I think we want to look for types of feedback, some, some parameters around feedback that keep us away from the biggest hills, the biggest bumps, and and let us um, have practice that's a little lower key. And, and some groups may need this and some not. I mean, you'll have to use your discernment about what your group is ready for. But very often the groups that are asking this question um, already have enough sort of relationship strain that it just really naturally does not feel safe to start giving feedback. So in that kind of situation, I think we want to think about what, you know, what are the things, what are the characteristics of feedback? What are the types of feedback? What are the conditions around feedback that make it more or less safe? And if we're going to do the feedback with training wheels, feedback practice stuff, that we want to do that in the safest end of those gradients, if, there, if you can think of that. Um, so I'll start with one and then I'll pass it to Paul. But I, I think one is how public or exposed the feedback is. And so if you're a group that struggles with safety around this kind of stuff, maybe you don't start with feedback in front of the group, even in a practice setting. Maybe mm -hmm. our first step is, you know, everybody write down, think, think of somebody you'd like to give feed, feedback you'd like to give to somebody and just write it down. And now look back at it and think, how would I feel if I received this feedback? Like you can do that internal. So you're getting some practice, putting feedback into thoughtful words, which is a thing a lot of us haven't done much of. Mm -hmm. um, and with, without that exposure of public, a next step might be to write it down and then take that written thing and share it with someone who's not the person it's for. Share it with a third party. How would this land? You know, if I said this to you, how would it land even though it doesn't apply to you? So that's another, still a step of, of distancing. And then even writing it down before and then think about how you want to give it. If you give it to them in writing, that will feel safer than if you take it and read it to them. And then, you know, the sort of graduate level on this one would be doing it publicly spoken without having written it out in advance. I mean, that's going to be the most vulnerable end. Um, so I, I, thinking about sort of graduated exercises for practice that a group could do. Yeah, I, I love the idea of um, being aware of the things that affect the degree of difficulty of giving this feedback. Um, 
and and practicing at the edge where it is most useful. Um, one of the things that I probably talked about this on the show before, uh, there's an there's a, a sweet spot in terms of where our practice difficulty is. Right. If we feel like we are failing 100 percent of the time, we're, we're at the wrong spot. We're not actually learning from that. We're just making ourselves more anxious. But if we're but if it's no problem, if it's super easy, if we're not anxious at all about it, that means also we're not learning anything. And so it's about dialing for you where that degree of difficulty is. That's where you need to be practicing. Um, and so it may be that right out the bat, you're super comfortable writing the thing down. And you're super comfortable saying it to somebody who isn't the person, but putting it into words with the person, that may be your edge. Um, and so finding that that right spot where where it's useful to you, it will help you grow, I think is super important. I think there's another, so other, a couple of other things we can look at in terms of those gradients or that degree of difficulty, like what influences it. Um, one of the things that I often think about is, uh, Am I able to give you feedback about a thing that is meaningful to me? Because if I like oftentimes, if you've done a thing and, and you know, you're like, OK, whatever. Right. But it it push, pushes one of my buttons. Right. It, it's it's super something that's super important to me uh, that I super care about. Like if uh, that may be a thing where I'm I could give you perfectly articulate feedback about a thing that I notice that's kind of important to the group, but isn't so important to me. But I may not even be able to write what it is that that, uh, that I want to tell you with regards to things that's super important to me. So I think that's another place where you can look in terms of degree of difficulty is going, um, if I can't yet be able to give you feedback around a thing that really matters to me, Right, that I know I have a hot button around collaboration, that people who don't seem to be interested in collaborating, right? I, I have some issues with authority. Like it can be super hard for me to give people feedback articulately around those things. So maybe I don't start there. Maybe I start with being able to give you feedback about a thing that isn't as in charge as charged to me, that I want to practice with that, um, that I want to start there. So I think that's another. Uh, another dial that we can play with when we're finding a thing to to work on. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I want to add at least one more, um, which is the generality. Mm -hmm. Meaning, it's relatively easy to give feedback about you know our organization is doing this or that or whatever. That it's it's not very personal because it's really broad. Um, it's a little bit harder to talk about the group that I'm in, and you know, and then it's really much more the knife edge when you're talking about a person and even, you know, a person, you know, the job that they did might be a little, I mean, that's one step. And then, you know, a thing that you do that bugs me, like a mannerism or a habit or a, like, that's probably the most, I mean, that's more, not just how they do their job, but kind of who they, how they present themselves as a person. So that how personal it is, is another gradient that we can track. Um, and then and then I'll do one more, which we actually have a lot of control over if we're facilitating or if we're working with our groups, which is how much structure there is. And I would argue that your most structured feedback environment would be 
a skilled facilitator facilitates the interaction where the feedback is given. Um, and then next to that would be using some structure that you know, um, NBC is one, Imago Dialog is one, there are lots. Uh, you probably Google feedback on the internet and come up with five more in about a minute. Um, but a, a structure that both parties agree will use this structure, that's gonna increase safety. And the kind of freeform approach is gonna be the, the least safe. Um, and, and that's not to say that's not a place to get to, but maybe it's freeform is not, a, like you probably don't wanna match freeform with like the hardest end of all the other gradients, right? Like the, the more that you're in the more difficult feedback, the more you wanna add structure or the more you're a beginner and you're in a practice space, use a structure to get started. Mm -hmm. And I think that the, uh, the piece around structure and practice, uh, I think it's important for us to be clear about what it is that we are wanting to get out of the practice, right? So this kind of loops back around to the beginning of like, is this a case where I want to, for example, one of my favorite uh, formats for, for giving feedback is um, very commonly known uh, structure behavior impact, SBI feedback, right? So it's great, uh, or sorry, uh, situation behavior impact. In this situation, you exhibited this behavior, it had this impact, drawing a very clear line there. Um, it might be that what I need to practice is just making that sound like me, right? Just getting the, the, the words familiar enough, um, getting it so that that doesn't sound stilted Right, so that it sounds natural, it flows easily. I might be trying to become familiar and fluid with that structure. It might also be that I'm trying to get familiar with unpacking my thoughts and fitting them into that structure. It might also be that I'm wanting to practice with different types of things going into that structure. So going back to our degrees of difficulty or our gradient sort of thing, I'm super good at using this, this structure and it seems super effective when I'm talking about general policies in the workplace. I have real hard problems when it's a, a particular behavior that you do. And so I think it's important, particularly when we're practicing with a structure, but when we're practicing generally, for you to be aware, what is it about that that you are practicing? Because that also gives you an opportunity to figure out what you help you're going to ask for from the other person, from the group, whoever your practice partners are. If you can let them know, this is the thing that I'm working on, Right. This is asking for feedback on how you give feedback. So it's getting a little meta here, but it's actually being explicit about here's what I'm trying to get better at. Here's how you can help me or please help me with this thing. And I think that's one of the most that that's the, the valuable part of identifying what is hard for you about giving feedback then allows you to ask the group to support you in getting better at that thing. Yeah. And I think just the final piece to say here is as you're practicing, make sure you're also thinking about what those good practices are. Um, and I think one that's worth just mentioning here, even within practice, even at the very beginning training wheels, at the very easiest of every gradient, even if you're you know writing it out for yourself, I think it's worth getting really solidly in the habit of getting permission for feedback first. And just make that part of your ritual, you know, are you open to some feedback? Are you available for feedback? Something like that. So that that essential piece doesn't get missed. And then all the others, 
which we're not going to go into in this episode, but, um, but it's not just about, well, I was supposed to give feedback, so you can't be offended because I said it badly. <laughs> As you build practice, you also have to be accountable for how I deliver the feedback, what my practices are, the way I go about it. So there's the piece of get your courage up, which we hope gets easier because we created some easier spaces, but it's also about bring in some skills, which we've talked about in other episodes. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And then the, the, I mean, the idea is that as you do this, like it then starts to blend into the outside practice space, right? It starts to become more natural. It starts to become more fluid and you can start to pull off some of the training wheels and spots. Like you realize you're in a moment where you want to give somebody some feedback. You're still going to ask permission, right? But, and you may say, and I'm still working on this, right? And they go, okay, great. And then you don't have all of your rituals that you have around that to create that space. And you just kind of do it. And you, the idea is that those kind of relax over time so that you that starts to come out of the explicit practice space into the sort of general practice space, into the how we are working together, starting to take the training wheels off for limited runs on flat ground, like on the easy stuff, and maybe having them on in the in the slightly harder things, but then being able to slowly relax some of those constraints as it becomes more natural, as our courage gets up, as we discover that we are able to do this more skillfully, then we can start to, re to relax some of those uh, things and start to take them off a little. So just to summarize, we still think feedback's important. This is not new news. We still think it's hard, also not new news, but we wanted to talk today about, okay, so knowing that it's important and that it's hard, how do we get better at it? What are the beginning steps? What's the training wheels version of feedback and how can we work on that? And we talked about first naming a practice space so that you have that safety of this is a space where we're gonna make mistakes, where we're gonna do it badly. Um, in that practice space, do the meta thing where you get feedback about how you how well you gave feedback and, and you can learn about kind of what's the impact and how it lands. And then think about gradients that make it easier or harder and pick the easier ones. So picking um, less public, possibly even to the point of writing it down so it's not shared with anyone <laughs> as a, a starting point and then gradually in front of more people. Less heated in whatever way or less important to both the feedback giver and the feedback recipient, things that are less charged, um, things that are less personal and, you know, sort of more organizational level or um, activity level type things as opposed to real person or personality type things. And then um, more structured, using structures for those feedback. Those are all places to start. We're not hoping you'll finish there. But if you're looking for the training wheels, what are those beginning places? Um, start with those in a regular practice, getting feedback and continuing to build skills in that zone of practice where you're a little anxious, but not terrified. That's where learning happens, right? Where you're a little anxious and not terrified. Well, that's going to do it for us today. Until next time, I'm Paul Tevis. And I'm Karen Gimnig. And this has been Employing Differences. <laughs>